0: Today, like I said, we're going to do a panel, I want to explain to you why. So- probably over the last, let's say this, we started this church about three and a half years ago, okay? We moved up in the summer of 2012, we launched towards the end of 2012, um, and we kept trying to ask ourselves, why, why did we come here? Like, why, why did Flagstaff need another church? Why, why did I feel this need or feel this calling to come here with a team to come and plant this church, and what does that look like, and how has that changed over time, and what is the Lord saying to us now? And, and over these three and a half years, um, we've noticed kind of a trend of, of there's been this this increasing expectation upon us to have our stuff together, right? So, so when we first started, it, it was me, it was a team of nine that moved from Tempe, Arizona to start this thing, and, and everyone was kind of like, listen, just don't like kill us and we'll say it's a successful Sunday, right? Like if, if you don't say anything absolutely heretical, and if maybe we can get to the end, there's a good meal at the end, because we used to do that all the time in the beginning, um, if there's a good food and, and the whole deal, then you know what, you're doing a good job. Over time, and I understand this, there's been an increasing expectation hey, this this isn't so good, and, and we need to dial this in a little bit, and, and have you thought about this? And and, and that's like the, the gentle responses. The, there's also very ungentle responses of, hey, I absolutely hate that you do this, and I hate that you don't do enough of this, and I wish that you would have, and I wish you wouldn't have, and, and on and on and on. And I feel like I don't know what's happened in the last month, but we've had about 20 of those. And I thought, man, maybe, just maybe, and even I had a great conversation with some friends that are really close to us here at the church, and I thought, some of this might be that we're just not doing a very good job communicating our vision. Uh, like maybe we're not actually inviting you guys into what, is, what we're all thinking through behind the scenes, and all you see is just kind of the front door, right? You just see the curbside view of it all, and some of it doesn't look great, right? And I totally... Understand that, but we want to over communicate with our church and our community and our family because we are truly a community and a family who is hopefully moving on mission to see the transformation of the city of Flagstaff. Okay, and so that's what this moment is—is is to say we want to invite you into this process and, and into some of this conversation. All the while, I want you to know we strongly believe in elders running churches. Okay, so this does not mean that all of a sudden we will start taking votes. Okay, that we're not going to start doing that. So if that's what you're looking for, this is also maybe not the place for you. But we do want to hear we do want to listen we want to learn and we want to grow and hopefully if you've been with us from the beginning which there's you know like 11 of you left um you you know we've been trying to accomplish this and, and we only seek to do it more because we realize um man we can only get better as we focus on Christ and have godly good counsel and wisdom around us and so that being said I'm going to invite our two elders up to the front so if Anthony and uh, and Randy can join us up here that'd be great if you guys can welcome them Randy, would Randy agreed to be an elder, I think one of the stipulations was don't put me on stage. So um, we put you on a little stage. So it doesn't technically count. So I want to have these gentlemen come up as well, uh, because these uh, are the elders of, of Redemption Flagstaff, and, and so if you're new or you're kind of new and you've never met these, these gentlemen, uh, they, they also kind of sit uh, a little behind the scenes. Anthony, not nearly as much as he preaches very frequently here and, and is on stage doing a lot of stuff as well, um, but we, we function in a plurality. Now, this plurality has existed now for about a month when we first installed these two men, so before that, we tried to exist in a plurality, and we did so, I'd say, functionally, um, but really on a a kind of a church governance level we had until the last month when these two men were installed. And so I wanted them up here because stuff we'll talk about, about today and our vision and where we're going is greatly influenced by them and by the rest of our staff. I want to highlight Drew Lundgren, who I probably would have had up here if he's not always running around trying to fix everything that's broken and other leadership and staff that we have here at the church. But I want to have these men up. So a couple things. We're going to have some questions that we've been addressing with many of you in the congregation, and we just know are questions that will be helpful for us as a church moving forward. But we also realize there might be some questions amid the, amidst the questions that we might not get to. and I can't Guarantee you'll get to them, but if you want to pull up the 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 slide about the text message, yeah, we do have that. We'd love for you to dialogue with us in this, okay? And so this doesn't necessarily mean we'll be able to get to everything, um, but if there are questions that aren't answered, like answered today, you can text in. I'll get it on uh, on the Apple computer here, and, uh, and then we will try and respond in, in a form of dialogue that will be helpful. And the last thing I will say before we jump into this um, is that then we're also doing the Roots Lunch, which is right after service at 12:30 at our office, and so if you have continued questions and desire to push into some of these things further, clarification on things, new questions, whatever i 'd encourage you to come to the lunch that 's really what that moment is for uh, is for us to introduce you to really who we are what 's going on behind the scenes and what this means moving forward. okay so that being said, our first question that we 're going to look at is is what is our mission our vision? And what is our mission? And I'm gonna handle the vision question and I'm gonna give the mission question to, to Anthony and then I'll kind of let Randy kind of color some of this stuff as he so desires. But our vision here at the church, and it's stated, we have it written on a piece of paper in our office and not many people know it is this. And when we say vision, we say, if you close your eyes, what do you picture if God does his thing in the midst of our obedience and faithfulness, okay? And this is it. We think it's a redeemed city whose people, land, structures, and culture testify to the goodness and glory of God through the work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if we close our eyes, we want to see uh, the the totality of Flagstaff, Arizona changed, redeemed, purchased by the blood of Christ. And so when you would look at it, you would know this testifies to his glory and to his goodness. So it's not just, we want to see people saved, absolutely, and we think people are the vehicle with which you experience this type of redemption on a level broader than just people, um, but we want to see, we dream to see where every level of our city, you're talking government, social sector, the way you guys work at your jobs, the way jobs function with one of the way the church here in Flagstaff cooperates and works for the sake of the gospel instead of against each other, all those things we want to see redeemed, purchased by Christ, and then Submitted to His Lordship as we move forward. So that's, that's what we picture when we close our eyes, and we've tried to nuance that a little bit over time. But that's, that's kind of the vision. And so mission is something we just revisited even this last week um, and have recrafted to fit more of what we think is is us. And so um, I'll let Anthony talk about that a bit.
1: Yeah, so mission is like something so that we could say and that everybody could say, this is our mission as a church. And so... Um, as we've kind of recrafted it, what we what we've come up for, like the reason we exist, is we want to disciple the church to reach the unchurched. Okay, and so in uh, in Flagstaff, uh, recent statistics show that ten percent of the population of Flagstaff um, goes to a Christian church, and ninety percent doesn't. And so we want to disciple the church. That's all the believers, all the Christian believers. Um, to reach the unchurched. And so that, that's our, our mission. And uh, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Or... Yeah,
0: I mean, we talked even in the Misfit about numbers, you know, of saying like, you know, like disciple the 10 to reach the 90, you know. And, and what's kind of neat about this, even maybe we'll talk more internally about this idea, is we truly long to be like, hey, disciple the 100 to go reach the 100 outside of Flagstaff. I mean, that, that is the vision. And, I, you know, maybe we'll get there. Uh, probably next year, I think, or something. But, um, but that's, that's the vision. Like, so we, we love to see that 10 to 90 become 11 to 89 and 12 to 88 and, and on down the line as we see the Lord continue to take those who are far from him and, and draw them near into his, into his family, into his community, and then be sent back out, right? That we, we disciple, we become disciples of Christ, but that doesn't end on ourselves. We, we take it to, to the city into the world. So do you have any thoughts that you want to add to that or sprinkle anything, any wisdom?
2: I just think from the standpoint, though, of, excuse me, from discipling, is one thing that really attracted my wife and my family here to this church is how uh, they have a program set up for it, and we've been actively um, in that since the beginning. But this church is is for the sick. We're here, we're all needing to uh, deepen, to grow in the Lord, and from that standpoint, through the preaching here, through Vince, through the elders here, through the RC groups, We want to mature this body to do what these two guys are talking about.
0: Nice. Yeah, when we say discipleship, too, you know, I think oftentimes uh, the word discipleship kind of gets pigeonholed into just kind of the one-on-one moment, and it certainly is that, but we would, we would even broaden and expand that to say, you sitting here, you are being discipled, hopefully, by the Holy Spirit. He is right, conforming, transforming you, renewing your mind to make you more like Christ, and so we believe discipleship is happening in this moment as well, and so everything that the community of God can do to move people closer to Christ is discipling them unto an understanding of his life, death, resurrection, and then mission moving forward, and so, um, you know, everything, a lot of things we'll address say, hey, where are we at with this? Where are we going? It's all discipleship stuff, but some of it has kind of different labels and things like that. So um, I want to handle a couple practical questions now that... Um that are really important to us, and I think are just questions that we've been asking ourselves for quite some time now, and then even more recently, people have been asking of us, hey, what's going on with this, and, and that and the other, and, and even as we revamped our mission this week, and began to think, okay, we're going to disciple the church to reach the unchurch, and we're going to say that every week until you hate it, right, that you're going to bed, and you cannot stop thinking, I'm supposed to become a disciple to go and reach new disciples, right, to go reach those far from Christ, and so, but as we started to think through that, these are some of the questions that continue. We need to hone in, we need to have better answers, we need to communicate well with our church. And so the first one is, um, is Redemption Flagstaff a glorified college ministry? And and, and Randy, I actually would like to have you talk about this, um, just because Randy and and Kelly Morris and and their whole family have been here uh, before we even launched. They were there, uh, kind of real grassroots, real ground level, when it was... Nothing but college students, and then me, Anthony, and Nate. So,
2: so, yes, it was.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it was. What is it now? Or what are you? What, do you see, what are we trying to accomplish?
2: I think it's currently, and and we enjoy the college uh, kids here. Uh, uh, number one. Number two. I think as a church matures, we're going to have more and more older people. More and more. 50 year olds and hopefully 60 and 70 year olds. Um, so, I think the church, as Vince alluded to, being from three and a half years ago, I can recall talking to Vince. I think we were, we walked in the doors before the lunch and we're like, hey, this is good. <laughs> Maybe not um, for us. And uh, we stuck around and we're very excited about this church. And I think, I think you guys know better than I, but the, the statistics of the membership or the people that have been coming here, um, though we still have a very strong college percentage of people that come here the there is a trend for more family people here more kids which again i i just enjoy that personally i think the it's it's great that we oh the church body i think should be and is in this church from um little kids running around here you know at worship to um, uh us old folks in the back
0: yeah that's great yeah yeah, so and we often get asked that. I mean, all the time. Hey, you know, what's this is very young, and how, where do I fit? And, and I want you to know if you're if you're not a college student, I'm honestly if you're like 23 or above. I mean, like there's even that kind of feel of like, hey, I'm already out of college, and I look around. It's it's mostly that, and that's a little bit different today. You know, today looks a little bit different than your average day during the fall. You know, so we'll go literally in a week, we'll go from 150 people to 400 people. Right? I mean, it will just be that's how many kids just kind of an onslaught right in the fall, and it's an interesting dynamic that we work through, and we also cherish, as God, we think, calling us to that ministry for the sake of raising up the next generation and the new generation to go and, and to be disciples of Christ wherever they land. And so, but we want to constantly pound that and know that, um, and, and want you to know that because we realize this, this is going to have profound and continue to have profound impacts on, on where we go forward. So this next question, and maybe, Aunt, you want to take this one, but... Um, We've been asked to list a ton, right? Um, is this place, is the Orpheum Church, uh, not the Orpheum Church, is, uh, is the Orpheum, this building, uh, yeah, is this our long-term church, Sunday church location? And, uh, and why don't you start? And,
1: yeah. um, I would say no, it is not. Um, for a variety of reasons, uh, mostly because uh, it, we, it's unlikely that we can become a, a church that looks like the city of Flagstaff if we just stay in the Orpheum. Um, meaning that uh, things like kids' church, things like ma- more than just through, I think second grade right now, um, higher grades up to like fifth or whatever, um, can't really happen in this building at all. Um, and so, currently, uh, for the past you know few months, we had been thinking through: well, is there potentially a way to build classrooms in here? Um, and we actually brought in some architects and the owner, and and we went through it, and uh, it just looks like it's not gonna work out at all. And so um, our kind of plan is, our hope is to be out of the orphan by January. Um, We don't know if that will happen, but that's our goal. Um, There's some difficulties with uh, buildings in Flagstaff, and difficulties with just the, you know, not having money, um, and, that, um, and <laughs> yeah. so uh, oh, we shit. don't have a lot of money, <laughs> like, if you guys didn't know that, um, so, uh, um, but we're trying, we're looking into some things, and like a lot of the spots that we have thought up, other churches are already using, and so, um, hey, if you guys got any good ideas, email us, um, but, so no, it is not our plan to be here long term, probably through December, though, at, at the very least. Yeah.
0: So we've signed a, le- a new lease that will take us to the kind of to the end of the year, and we thought that might be a potential good moment for a transition, given uh, kind of you go through the holidays and kind of a relaunch in a new place. Come come January, as we look towards new spaces. Like Anthony said, there's there's nothing that's just super obvious that this is where we should go. Um, we're, listen, we're not a we're not a large church, but we're larger than most buildings that are in this general proximity where we'd like to be. And so, just some things you know that we value on, on a real great level is trying to stay pretty close to the center of the city. Um, we believe there's a great influence in being able to be here, and that's why we chose the Orpheum in the first place. Was what we thought not just the impact, it's not, nothing really to do with this is a great space. Really, just man, a great opportunity for cultural impact in reaching the the unchurched. But one of the big things that I think, as we even really thought through, what do we believe changes culture, reaches people? We ultimately think is discipleship, right? We think it's we think it's the investment of God's people into the community. It's not just Sunday from 10 to 1130, and us, and I'm just going to put my cards on the table, I fell in love with this place, like this is just, and I love it, I think it's, you know, it's cool, and and it's easy to invite like a non-Christian to, like hey, we meet at the Orpheum, it's the most recognizable building in Flagstaff, maybe outside the Sky Dome, everyone knows where it is, it's this fantastic space for adults, right, and it's a fantastic space for what we had going for the last Two years, but as God grows us and changes us in our complexity, I think He's trying to say there's more to it than just Sunday from ten to eleven thirty. And I have to give up that idolatry because this is just one moment. What we believe is that this is a moment in God discipling you to bring the gospel to every corner of our city. And so, if that's what we truly believe, changes the hearts and, and, and minds of men is, is, and women of is 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 God's people, is the church going out to the city, instead of just all coming here, then let's not oversell the importance of this space, or this place, or this moment, right, but rather, let us find the place where we can continue to do discipleship as well as we can to all demographics that we would be a church that looks like the city, and so that doesn't mean, I mean, like we explored every option to stay, it wasn't going to work, so man, we don't know where we're going to be, um, so please, and I'm pray, please pray. We've had other redemption churches down in the valley be given free buildings, like three, four, five, six, seven million dollar buildings for free, um, because churches just were giving away buildings, I guess, down there. I don't know, I do know some of the story, but it was all just kind of God saying, all right, here's something I want to do, and so, um, you know, yeah, just pray that God would do something special, because resources are limited. So, anyway, good? Good? Otherwise,
1: we're just buying uh, lotto tickets every. every yeah. <laughs> just
0: so, Anthony and I—hopefully, this doesn't get us in trouble. But we we did buy one. We bought one when it was three, when it was like two billion or whatever, and we're like, Lord, we wrote out a list, like, Lord, this is what we'll do with it. You know, I signed it, you know, like a covenant, and with the Lord, and and he's like, you know, you're selfish. Um, so. He, he didn't give it to us, but we're praying. So that, that's the story about the Orpheum. Um, you notice we've tried to make some changes in here to, to a few things to try and make it work. But that kind of leads into this next question, which we also get a ton of questions about, which is what are we doing with, with our kids' ministry? Um, and I like to talk about youth kind of all going up through that. Um, first to say, you know, our philosophy, and this governs everything that we do with our kids here at the church. I mean, absolutely Everything. We truly believe that you, mom and dad, are the primary disciple-makers of your own children, right? That is not our job. That is not our responsibility. That is yours. We will help you. We will come alongside you. We will serve you. We will resource you. We will do everything necessary to help you be a better disciple-maker of your children, but that is not our job, that is your job to invest in your own kids. And so, because we believe that at such a powerful level, that definitely has a great impact on the decisions that we make in regarding, uh, in regards to kids ministry and what we do, okay? And so, one of the things we wanted to talk about uh, that's kind of come, do you want to talk about that vision part of that at all? Or, no, okay. Um, would be to kind of talk about one of the things we're exploring right now. We want to enter into this conversation with you guys just so you know the heart behind it and where we're coming from. is is what does it mean for us to have kids in service? And, and this has been a, a big question for us on a couple fronts. One, we have families here who love to have their family together and, and worship together and be in service together. And we honor that and get that and believe in that. And that's good and that's all that. Um, and there's also the, the practical reality of sometimes, it's, I think it's only happened once or twice, we've had to close down kids. And so we had kids in the back that were forced to be outside of kids ministry. Um, and usually they'll stay in the back and things like that. But this has become a discussion that we're trying to have a dialogue about? What does it mean to have kids in service? um, And how do we do it in such a way where all, right, all people, all people here, both the church and the unchurched, are able to worship God, hear from his word, and walk away better disciples when they, uh, after they leave than when they originally came. So th- that's the dialogue we're having here. There's some logistics to it that are that are hard to try and navigate, but I want to say this. We are going to try and press into some things here that might, for a moment, seem uncomfortable, right? Right? Um, But we want to try and press into that intentionally to honor all who would desire to come and worship the Lord, but also to say, man, are we going to allow preference to overrule the gospel, which I don't think we'd ever say we'd want that. And so to really push against our own hearts to say, why does this make me so uncomfortable? Right? Why do I have such an immediate reaction to this? And in some cases, there's going to be, you should have that reaction. This is wrong. It's not helpful. It's drawing the people away from God. And then we need to course correct. But then there's other moments where we need to say, actually, this is just me. And, and I need to let go of some of that for the flourishing of those around me. Because that is the model of Christ, the model of the entire narrative of, of the Bible, and so, and in those situations, others need to course correct, and so what we're looking to do is try and find this healthy middle place where the people of God here at Redemption Flagstaff have the opportunity to worship Him, hear from His Word, and be able to do so in a way that is healthy for all, and so I would love, I know, th- we're just going to put it out there. there, this is a divided conversation, not on any major levels, like we all love each other, but it is something we're truly wrestling with internally, and so I'd love to hear Honestly, just some of your guys' thoughts on, on this idea.
2: Uh, I really like the kids in church. Um, we listen to a pastor, excuse me, a Vodi Bacham, and he's an advocate of having I think uh, kids in church uh, as soon as they can start walking. Obviously there's some parental, you know, responsibility to keep the kids, you know, somewhat quiet and if they get disruptive to take them out of the service or back while their children are being a little bit disruptive to the message for the pastor's preaching for the rest of the congregation. That's, that's my perspective. I know that as Vince kind of alluded to it, we just have a logistic problem logistics with right now the kids are up here, the small ones They used to be in the back. I know we're trying to figure that out, but we are honestly trying to work it out. So it's best for them. And as Vince said, ultimately best so that uh, the word can be preached and he's not distracted and um, people hear the gospel. So that said, I'm an advocate of children in church.
1: <laughs> all right. So um, It's like the elephant room. I know. <laughs> 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 nobody, um, nobody watched that. Nobody yeah. Never mind. Um, Leave it alone. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm also an advocate of being able to have your children in service with you and all that. Um, my thing is uh, just distraction levels. And so uh, that, that's what I just want to be careful of is – Um, I think sometimes, uh, it can be very distracting and, uh, I know some of that is like my own preference and I have to deal with that personally, but I think there's a level where it's like, this is gonna be distracting no matter what, um, whatever a child might be doing or or whatever it might be, um, and I think in that situation we have to look to curb, uh, distraction, um. Because, I mean, in that, I mean, we do a 40-minute lecture, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not always uh, conducive to a kid um, um, not being a distraction, I think, so.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I want you to know, you know, kind of in this, there are just amazing viewpoints and biblical viewpoints scattered throughout this entire thing, and the reason why I wanted to intentionally kind of put this before our church this morning, and again, we're going to really try and push this for those who are in our church that are not here today as well to listen to this and to really, is because we want you to know, if you maybe see something over the next... Man, over the next three months, over summer, we're like, hey, we're gonna try this. We might, one of the ideas is we might give uh, like little, like little bags for kids during service and inside the bag will be like some coloring sheets and uh, there might be like a, uh, like a, f- a foam book about, that's the Bible or, or something like that, things to keep them occupied during service that, that parents can grab in the back. Uh, there's, there's an idea that we saw that another church does where they actually have a, a small little area up towards the front of their sanctuary where a few kids, usually it, it doesn't seem to ever be more than eight to ten kids. In our church, it would probably be a couple because we don't really have that many kids um, kind of sit up front at tables and color or read with foam toys and all that kind of stuff uh, to to have them and their families opportunity to worship together. And so it's something that we are exploring. No decisions have been made. It is all because we believe that truly, like, God wants all to come and to worship Him. And the, and we understand that there are families here. There, I mean, and we thought, even as I began to explore this, it was you know some people I knew well, and then there were some other people who've come out of the woodwork as well that really uh, want this and see this. And so what we want to do, again, is just say, hey, we, have, we, we all have preferences, and that's good, and that's healthy, and you can have those. Please have preferences. Um, we don't want to ever allow our preference to trump the work that we think God might want to do or trump the gospel. And so that being said, in all of this, the discussions we're having is to say, if it gets to the point of distraction ever, we will pull it. Like, we'll say, yeah, this is just too much. But to say we will never try just because we're worried about what could potentially happen, um, that just seems more fear-based than honoring and trusting that God might wanna do something new, okay? And so we're gonna explore some things. We'd ask that you guys just kind of be patient with it and try and explore it with us um, and then know that we are right there with you on the distraction level of, hey, if this is just pulling us all from from God and, and the church isn't able to, to come and to gather and to worship Jesus the way that we think it should be done, then, then we'll, we'll, we'll rein it back in. And so, but we wanted to, to put that out there because we fully understand and Anthony helped point this out to me that if if we don't have this conversation with you guys right now there's there's all this of assumption that happens on your point that we're just letting stuff go crazy like and we have no plan or no insight or no thought and that is so far from the truth we are really just trying to navigate how do we how do we just do church well for this community for the city of Flagstaff for people who are trying to to just worship the Lord you know and learn about him so
1: in the midst of that too. We'll we'll continue to have uh, a children's oh, yeah. church too cuz uh, my daughter is crazy. So uh, we yeah. need a place to contain her. She's crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, but but we will con- we will have children's church no, no matter what. So no, a part of taking away children's church is not part of the conversation yeah. at all. That will always be there. In is.
0: fact, part of the conversation that's actually happening is expanding children's church. So, uh, and creating kind of, there's this moment that could happen uh, potentially inside service, but, but we still see, listen, the, the primary vehicle for discipleship for the children of this church will, will be in, in back rooms, right? We'll will be classes as it's normally seen. We'll continue to pour a majority probably of our resource into that, uh, but we're, we're not going to say that other options are off the table if that makes sense as we jump into this so yeah that's that's a really good thing uh, as we start thinking through so um, okay we'll move on that's kids uh, oh I'll say this uh, we are thinking through also uh, launching a, a youth RC here in the fall um, we, we're starting to gather gather, gather together uh, team um team members to reach teens and care for teens well. And so a youth RC is in the works. We have about two to four leaders that we're kind of talking with, meeting with, and, and engaging with about what it means for us to launch that. But that's our kind of first foray into how do we care for youth well here at the church. And, and so that's, again, something we're exploring in the midst of you know, there's legitimately, I think, five high school kids at our church, right? And um, and we're sending three of them to camp this year. Our first camp, time doing camp, which is really exciting, uh, out at Point Loma Nazarene, and that's gonna be a lot of fun, too. So anyway, so that's kids. I wanna give you that. Um, question on, a lot of people are asking, where are we at uh, with, with finances? And, um, you know, we already kind of said we don't have a lot of it, um, but it's gotten a lot better, right? So just think about day one, uh, you know, Nine adults and a hundred college students, not a ton of funds to do anything, um, right? And then, uh, as that's kind of changed the demographic, and, and I don't want to undersell, honestly, I would say some of the, the best givers in our church are college students. And what I mean by best, I mean like crazy sacrifice because they long to do that, you know, like so, huge
1: percentages of their income.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I don't want to say that to not honor many of you college students who give faithfully, and, and it's amazing, and a lot of you very sacrificially. So, but a lot of people ask, where are we at with that? And that's just the reality. We're, we're trying to navigate that. One of the things that says, hey, you've moved on from church plant to actual church is when you've become self-funding, and, and we're just still not there. And so just so you know, we're, we're still technically a church plant within uh, everyone's definition that you kind of find in the church planting world, is we're still trying to navigate that and, and try and figure all that out. So, yes, sir.
1: Uh, I was just gonna say, so we're not quite self-sustaining yet. So big R Redemption still floats us some money um, to pay all our bills. Oh yeah,
0: we're not like in debt or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we're not like taking out. But loans.
1: Uh, we're we're getting to the point where we're almost self-sustaining. Hopefully by the end of this year, yeah, is our, is our goal. But
0: yeah. Um, I want to have Anthony just give a quick kind of statistical rundown of, of a few of our ministries that we do here, just so you guys have an idea, kind of state of the church moment. So he wants to talk about RCs uh, and mentorship?
1: Yeah. Um, so right now we have five RCs, and uh, I would say that probably overall of our church, there's about 80 people involved in redemption communities, like pretty consistently, and maybe a lot more than that. Um, not as consistently and so uh, um, we just recently launched the Hardwicks at their RC and they do a Saturday morning RC so that was exciting I think to see them go out and start something that's a little bit different, a little bit new and um, honestly they're, they're amazing leaders and so I'm really excited about that. Um, <clears throat> As RCs go, I, I mean, I love all of our RC leaders. They're 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 great people. They all have vision for for community, uh, um, where they're doing it, and mission, and and God, and and all these things. And so, um, my heart is that we, as a church, would have a high percentage involvement in our, in redemption communities. And I. I I just want a high percentage involvement in biblical community. So that means like community with other Christians more than just your family. And um, And the reason for that is just because God says that we're brothers and sisters in Christ now and there's all this talk of the body of Christ and, and how we can spur one another on towards love, how we can um, correct each other and, and make each other more like Christ. And so uh, I would just hope for a, a huge percentage of that. But um, RCS have been kind of, um, you know, it's just kind of steadily grow, growing in the last year or so. So, um, But I think it's something our church could, could get better at. I mean, as a congregation, I think we could be more uh, intentional about being in biblical community together. Um, I don't know. Anything to add to that? No, it's
0: good. <clears throat> really good.
1: And then uh, for mentorship... Um, we have probably, I think, about over 100 mentorship relationships. So that doesn't mean we have 100 mentors. That, that We probably have about 50 or so mentors who uh, mentor multiple people each. And so um, mentorship for us at Redemption, if you don't know what that is, it's just a one-on-one relationship with someone that's farther down uh, the path in their relationship with Christ than you are. And sometimes it's a one-on-two or a one-on-three Um, but usually it's a one-on-one and they just, you know, you just talk about life and do life together and, um... And, and find ways to to grow in Christ together. So yeah. yeah,
0: we do two mentorship Sundays a year. One in the fall. Uh, so we'll do another one kind of in September, and then we do another one right in the start of kind of winter, January, February. Uh, and so if if you are desiring to be a mentor, um, come and talk to us. We'd love to engage with you and, and let you know what that looks like and what that could kind of become and, over time. Um, and then you know if you're looking to get a mentor, um, come and talk to us right now. There are people that would be willing to to meet with you, and so we can we can talk through that. Um, what I want to do is I want to rapid fire real quick through some questions, and we'll land with two more questions, and we'll be done. As I know, I want to honor your time, and we're already about 10 after 11. So um, there's a couple questions about what, what do we mean by church, and what do we mean by unchurch? And I think these are this really good questions for us to define because it's our it's our vision statement. It's our mission statement, rather. Um, so when we say church, we mean we mean. Christians, like people who submit to the lordship of Jesus, right? That they are saved by his grace, empowered by his grace, sent by his grace to the world to be on mission, right? Like that, that for us is the church, grafted in by God. That's the church. And so to be here in this room right now, does not make you part of God's church. It might make you part of Redemption Flagstaff, this organization which is a kind of local expression of God's church, but it does not make you part of God's church. The only thing that makes you part of God's church is Jesus, is loving, submitting, and being saved by the blood of Christ washing over you. That type of relationship with God, um, your sins you know, on his shoulders, that, that makes you part of the church. And so when we say we disciple the church, we disciple Christians, to go reach the unchurched. When we say unchurched, this means many people who might even be here, we would put in that category of unchurched, right? You're not in God's family. You might even show up here on a Sunday, but you're not his. You haven't said, Christ, forgive me. I love you. I need you. You haven't confessed your sins to him. You haven't repented of your sins, and you haven't believed in the gospel, right? So we would say that is the unchurched, and so we disciple the Christians to reach the unchurched. We disciple the church to reach the unchurched. And so um, the reason why we did the 1090, and that's the only expression we can kind of think through, is because uh, we can't make a judgment call on how many of the 10% 10 of people in our city that go to church actually love Jesus. That's not our job to just decide that. You know, we can't. That's up to Christ and them, and so we'll leave that, leave it uh, as it may. But, so that's what we mean by church and, and unchurch. and we think we disciple the unchurched in the same way we disciple the church. We point them to Jesus. That's what we try and do on Sundays as we preach the gospel, as we try and do in on one-on-one relationships, as we try and do in redemption communes. We point you to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we trust the power of the Holy Spirit to do the work necessary to regenerate your heart, save you, and then lead you in sanctification. And so it's all about him pointing you to him, pointing you to him, pointing you to him over and over and over. We can do that to the unchurched as well in a desire to see them become disciples, lordship disciples of Jesus Christ as well. So, so that's kind of, that la- I think that answers like four of the questions. Thanks for ever said i liked, I laughed at the elephant room. Oh, that was Drew. Thanks, Drew. Uh, he's, on, he's on staff. That's why he knew it. Um, I agree on the children's and youth ministry can be a powerful outreach to unchurched families. I think probably answer that a little bit towards the tail end of our kids' question about we're trying to explore what that means. There's logistical issues, but we hear you, and we're moving towards that. Um, This is a great question. It said, you mentioned many concerns being brought to you guys of late. Um, What is the best way to bring concerns in a respectful way to your church? And I would just say, it's like, just come and talk to us. I mean, I, I would say, I think I am, and maybe I'm wrong. It's easy to speak about yourself, but I would say, at least I know Anthony and Randy are two of the most approachable human beings I've ever met in my life. And, and Randy doesn't even like it, but he does it. I mean, like that's how, that's how much he loves Jesus and our church and mission. Is, is man we are so open to have these conversations and I think that's just it like come and talk to us and, and honestly demeanor and all, I don't care just come and talk like have a conversation that's just way better than having conversations outside where we have no idea like that people are getting frustrated and are kind of on the the I, I I this is super sad and I just shared with Anthony I got an email this week from a gal that attended our church two years ago she heard something in a sermon that I don't think I said or definitely didn't intend to say it the way I said it. She said she stopped being a Christian that Sunday and hasn't been back to church and wanted to let me know two years later instead of coming to talk to me. And, you know, that sucks. And so, like, come and talk to us. Like, we want to have these conversations because... Yeah, gosh, we'll probably make tons. If you're going to stay here, you're going to get mistake after mistake after mistake. And, and that's just me being honest. So come and talk to me about it because I don't want to make them. None of us want to make them, but it's the reality of of both we're not perfect uh, and I'm still really young, too. There's, there's, I, I acknowledge the reality of youth. I mean, Randy um, and a lot of the, the older folks in our church have... have And had my ear and continue to have my ear in a lot of things where where I go astray. And so I'd say the most respectful way is just to come and directly talk to us about it. And we'd love to hear you. And then there's probably moments where we're going to say, that's great. Like, let's talk about this as a church. You know, like, let's engage with these issues. Let's have classes and conversations and and the whole deal. Do you guys want to add to that? I would just
1: add, like, I would say, um, you know, check your heart, too, before before you talk to us about it. And I I think that sometimes... Um, Check your heart, <laughs> um, <laughs> See, I am gonna email you. There. Um, um, mo- just more, just like, is this something that needs to be brought up, or am I too angry about something or whatever? Because honestly, like, uh, we love having those conversations, but it is it, those conversations are harder to have when someone's like really angry about something, you know. Um, and sometimes they're rightfully angry, and so you know, we we apologize, um, but sometimes um, it it can be tough, so. Um, again, maybe that's stuff i got to deal with personally, but that's what I would ask from a relationship level. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. i would going say hang around after church.
2: I think the three of us, our wives are typically always here, and to seek us out and begin a dialogue, and we'll share with you what we know.
0: That's good. Um, the last thing I just want to say, uh, this one just came in about the, the church, I just saw it rather. Uh, no, when we say uh, discipling the unchurched, that does not only mean bring them here right, so we would love to see them here on Sunday mornings, like we would love to reach out to uh, and have those non-Christians within our midst every Sunday morning as we preach the word of God, but that is not all that we mean, we literally mean the church going to the city uh, and bring the city even into their moments like this moment, but like the moment at your home, like the moment where you're having dinner as a family and you invite your neighbors over who don't love the Lord, I mean that too to us is discipling the unchurched, and so it is not just here, it is I mean, it's expanding. It's it's at your workplace. It's at it's at your it's at your home. It's on your street. It's at your gym. It's you know it's at the 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 baseball game. It's it's everywhere. And so to go to the to the city.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. I think too we we use that <clears throat> that term discipleship because we want everything we do as a church to be discipleship. So that's why we call mentorship mentorship and not discipleship because we want everything we do to be. Discipleship and everything I'm reading is saying that unchurched people are not going to be as easy to draw into a Sunday morning experience as they once were. And so uh, we want uh, the discipleship to happen as you go. And we want that too. We want uh, non Christians here as well. But
0: yeah anyways awesome Um, so these are the last two questions that I said Uh, we're going to come off the ones we already had planned but this first one I'm just going to touch on really quickly and then I'll invite these guys to answer the last one Um, but we had a lot of questions about our music and our worship which has changed significantly over the last four years when we moved up here uh, Nate and Emily Zimon who are now up in Boston um, and uh, they they led us for three years and I mean it it was special it was amazing it was great and then Camille who was with them for three years took over this last year and it was great it was amazing it was amazing. special. And she really served us faithfully and led us to Christ and allowed us to worship him well. And so we've made a transition recently. If you've been around, you know we've Asher is one of our new worship directors. And then James Bowerly, um, who I don't believe is here today, but he, uh, he is one of our other worship directors. Um, and then Curtis Chance, Jr., if you know him, he kind of oversees production. And so we've created kind of a team now that's kind of functioning as the people who will lead us on Sunday mornings into worshiping the Lord. I want to say this on a philosophical level. Again, this is something I want us to understand Man, Sunday morning worship, singing songs to Jesus is not about you, okay? And it's not about me. Like, it's just not. And I want it to be all the time. There are songs sometimes that though we'll sing here that I know I have, like, the veto power to say no to. But I don't because it's not about me. And it's not about the music that I like, okay? It's about Jesus and it's about the gospel and it's about empowering the community of God to worship and give glory to him. Now, once we've done that, your preference can come in all day. I'm totally fine. I get that we all like certain types of music, make recommendations. If you play an instrument, come and be part of the band. Like, if you play bass right now, we have one. We have, like, a bass player at the church. So if, you, if you're if you like, how do I serve the Lord? He's probably telling you to learn how to play bass. Like, that's <laughs> probably what he's doing right now, okay? And so... Um, and so we, that is kind of where we're coming from. And so you might, oh, I don't really like this as so much. I don't like this guy as much. This is kind of more my thing. Stop. Like, it's not about you. Worship Jesus. Now, if it's to the point that after you've checked your heart where you're like, I just cannot worship Jesus to this, I would say, why come and talk to us? And if that's true, then, yeah, maybe, maybe find another community where that's possible. I don't know the reasons that would distract you uh, from being able to do it. But on the whole, we, again, can't allow, allow preference to trump our need to just think, give thanks and joy and glory to what he's done, what he's doing, and what he will do. Amen? So that's, that's kind of where we're at with, with worship. So the last question I'll ask you guys is just biggest encouragement— Right now, for our church, biggest threat for our church. I'm going to have you two both do that, and we'll pray for us, and we'll be done.
1: You want to
0: say both at once? Yeah, both at once. That's fine. But, um, you know, <coughs> I don't want to end on two threats, that sounds so.
1: <laughs> Good point. Um, the biggest encouragement for me is just, uh, actually, is how many unchurched people um, do come to our Sunday experience and, and uh, have relationships with us. And so, you know, I, I moved up here to to help reach that 90%. And so, um, you know, we, we, Tyler Johnson, who's the lead pastor here, he was talking to somebody here, and he was like, so how long have you been a Christian? And this person had been telling him that they have been coming to our church for a few months, and she's like, she was like, I'm not a Christian. And, like, that makes me so happy. Like, it, it brings so much joy to my heart. Um, or we're
0: the, just bad preachers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Speak, for, it, speak for yourself.
1: So I mean, I think that's uh, for me personally. That's that's the most encouraging thing. Um, the most discouraging thing for me is uh, the amount of people I talk to, people I hear of um, that struggle with pornography that uh, it's like a crazy amount of people in our congregation struggle with pornography, and and God's grace is there, and God loves you. Um, But I think we as the American church have not realized how crazy, terrible of a thing this is. You know, like, so many studies show how much it messes up your mind. You know, a recent study I saw said that... uh, not not just that it messes up your mind, but they interviewed women who were in pornography in nine different countries, and they forty nine percent of those women said they were enslaved or coerced into doing it. And that just breaks my heart. <laughs> like that the church is contributing to forcing women to have sex against their will. So that they can watch it on a computer. Like, I, we're above that. I just think we have so much integrity as a church. And, you know, Jesus says he's living water. And I just, I wish we could uh, dive into that. And I, I, pornography is an addiction and it, it needs to be treated as such and, and all that stuff. But that, that it needs to be treated as such. You know, it needs to be, maybe you got to throw out your computer. Maybe you got to throw, throw out your phone and just, you know, use, use the library all the time. That, I think it's worth it to keep women from being enslaved. And so, you know, it's discouraging for me how many Christians I talk to that, um, you know, they're just like, ah, this is something I struggle with. You know, it's, I think it's, it's pretty serious. And forgive me too. Give me some grace here. I don't, I don't know if I, was being the most gracious right now, but I'm just telling you my heart. I'll start with the, uh, with the um, the threat.
2: For me, the people that I talk to <clears throat> that profess to be Christians, it amazes me how many of them aren't daily reading their Bible and praying. And if they're married, they're not praying with their wives. And these are people that, that I disciple. These are people that are on staff, let alone the people that I just come across to and talk in general to the, uh, as Vince said, the Christians, the church here. So I would uh, exhort you to uh, stay diligent, make it uh, a habit, and um, to be in the Word daily. It's a, everybody has 24 hours a day, and it's how you divide up and parcel out your time. And to, uh, to spend 15, 30 minutes, if you do that, you can read the Bible in a year. So I see that as a, a big threat um, among the body, that people aren't uh, in the Word and encouragement, I think, uh, just to stick around. This is a crazy, eclectic group of people from, uh, from uh, including myself here, 55 on the Elder Board, down to little kids running around that were here in the Orpheum, uh, which is kind of a weird place. I know Vince <laughs> loves it, and, uh, but it's just, obviously, as we grow, there are better facilities that uh, would fit a growing church better. So I just encourage you to... Uh, Hang around, get to know us, worship with us, and watch us grow.
0: Amen. Um, I just want to, this is so practical. Uh, you guys should put up each week's music up as a playlist, I always wish I could find the songs played each Sunday, we actually every every Monday we we put up a blog that has the entire service just repeated, and so every song is linked to the sermon is there, uh, you have an opportunity to respond, um, you can take communion digitally, I'm just kidding you can't do that, um, if you guys like that's alright I'm out um <laughs> No, but you, you you can do all that stuff there, and so it's called the weekly recap, and you can just find that on the website. It's always the first blog every Monday morning, and so if you look for that, I'm going to pray for us. Thank you for hanging in. It was a bit longer this morning. We are going to still sing if you need to go, and you know you're trying to get to a barbecue or something like that's fine. But we're going to sing. We're going to worship Jesus. We're going to thank him for what he's done, and we're going to continue to step into, man. God, what do you have for this church? And I think man, a lot of that. God will speak and communicate as we worship him and praise him, and I think the Spirit will move in this place. And so let's pray for that as well, and uh, and for God to do big things as we continue to move forward as a church. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. We do pray for an abundance of you. We, Holy Spirit, just come and just be with us. God, change us from the inside out. Make us more like Christ. Illuminate your word to us in ways, uh, God, that just continue to want us to come, uh, have us coming back, just begging for more of you, of learning more about you, but also experiencing more of your presence. God, I pray that you would constantly remind us and point us and call us out when we're doing something dumb. God, and cause us to move in ways that are where you'd have us go. Give us wisdom, Lord, not just as a leadership, but give us wisdom as a church that we would love and serve one another in a way that the world would see the way we love and would so glorify our Father in heaven. God, would you make us a people who are discipled, uh, so that we would go and make new disciples of those outside of the family of faith, outside of the church. God, we love you. Thank you for your mission. It's your name we pray. Amen.